Warning, spoilers ahead. We're all agents, it's just, just a title. Is my father inside? I don't know. Is he? I don't know, I swear, okay? I don't have that kind of clearance. I don't wanna hurt you, sir. Please, why are you doing this? Is my father inside? I don't know, okay? Stop, please. If he's here, he'll be, uh, he'll be at the bottom. Who else is in there? Computer techs, scientists, uh, that kind of thing. The long-haired men. Answer me. Please, just, just stay calm. We can work something out. Tell me. Good evening, and welcome to television. Hello there. Hello. Hey. hey. Whoa. I'm a Kendall Richardson. And I'm a Wayne Stellini. And welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Welcome to this year's Halloween special. Yay. Yay. Spooky Halloween. Kendall, another year, another Halloween. Mm-hmm. How great is it to be back? It's so good to be back. It really is. It's my favorite holiday. It's great to be spooky and it's great to be spooky with you, Wayne. Oh, same. A lot of good, scary, thrilling, creepy movies out there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, you know, review all of them. <laughs> At some point we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So much to watch and so much to love about the horror genre. Mm-hmm. So, Wayne, with that being said, what are we reviewing today? Well, today's film is the second big screen adaptation of Stephen King's Firestarter. Please explain. Andy and Vicky McGee, Zac Efron and Sidney Lemon, possess telepathic abilities, having participated in secret medical experiments while they were still in college. As a result, their 11-year-old daughter Charlie, Ryan Kira Armstrong, has pyrokinetic capabilities, making her the target for the government agency known as The Shop, who sponsored the initial experiment. Having been in various stages of production since 2017, director Keith Thomas's adaptation of Stephen King's bestseller and remake of the 1984 film of the same name, 2022's Firestarter failed to ignite the box office with a $15 million return from a $12 million budget. But Kendall, did you feel the heat of Firestarter? Did I feel the heat? Mm-hmm. Well, I did feel something. <laughs> and it might have been a mixture of frustration and rage. And rage. And rage. There's the heat. <laughs> there's, there's some heat. Not the kind of heat they were hoping for. No, exactly. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. To say I was disappointed with this film is, is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Um, wasted potential, yeah. I think. By the time I was done, the only thing about the movie I found redeemable was the score. Yeah. And that's purely because it's John Carpenter. Well, interesting. <laughs> I found it interesting that John Carpenter does the score with this, mm. um, you know, one of the contributors to the score, mm-hmm. uh, since he was originally planned to direct that's right. the 1984 film version yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah so he's come He's come back to the story. He has. Um, Can't stay away. And you're right. It is an excellent score, isn't it? It is a yeah. fantastic score. And yeah. it does kind of, speaking of Halloween too, it, it actually, uh, you know, kind of calls to mind that score yeah. a little bit, doesn't it? You've got the vibes. You've got the vibes. Uh, I, and I think uh, definitely the ending scene, the ending moment. I don't know. Just, I was oh, yes. drawing parallels with... 
his uh, his film Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about the end we a bit will, later, yes, though. Yes, of course we mm-hmm. will. Um, but yeah. but yes, yeah, uh, yeah. So the the music was phenomenal, um, but you know it, it should have been attached to a better film. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Um, <laughs> at first, I thought uh, that I was like, okay, because clearly. They haven't done a shot-for-shot shot remake, so yeah. big tick. Absolutely. Big tick for that. They've yeah. gone for something a bit different, and I can appreciate that. I have not read the novel mm. by Stephen King, so I cannot talk about uh, how accurate or inaccurate it is compared mm. to that. But compared to the original film, they um, took a lot of the elements from that and changed some things up. Mm. And I can admire that yeah like what like because that's the purpose of a remake right yeah. you want to put your own spin on it your own version of this story yeah but it all just fell short okay yeah. and it for me it kind of the story got worse as it went along right yeah yeah it i just i don't know there was just a lot of things that just could have been handled better there weren't really any likable characters in this mm. movie either like, yeah, I mean, we'll compare the films later, but I did find mm. myself a bit more drawn to Andy in the original film. Okay, yeah. Than in this, which is disappointing because it's Zac Efron. Yeah, who is amazing. And he's amazing. And then just as a general critique, I, I, I just, I, I don't know if this director is an actor's director. Right, okay. Because... I don't think he can direct actors very well because okay. I've seen these actors do better in other things. Yeah. Even Ryan Kira Armstrong, she was in a season of American Horror Story a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. And she played a very, very interesting character in that. Uh, it was sort of a story about like a different interpretation of vampirism oh, and cool. about how, you know, consuming this blood would actually heighten your creative abilities oh wow okay yeah and so she was just like she went from being this just learning how to play the cello to a child prodigy right because she had access to human blood it was a very fascinating story and she was really really good in it so when i found out she was going to play charlie in this i was like oh great they found the perfect actress and then I watched the movie. So, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. But those are just my general initial takeaways. What about you, Wayne? Yeah, well, I'm sensing that I actually like this movie more than you did. <laughs> uh, Kendall. Again? 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 <laughs> Maybe I just like the story or the core, the core yeah. elements of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, look, unlike other movies that you and I have reviewed, the Friday the 13th franchise. Yes. Showgirls, these yes. glorious titles come to mind. Oh, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> All Stella. All Stella. All, yeah. all, you know, amazing contributions to American cinema. Yes. Um, but I, <laughs> I... I am the ultimate defender. Yes, um, yes, and I love it. But um, I, I look, I, I will say I'm not going to uh, probably be as vocal <laughs> as I have been for some of the other titles where you and I have disagreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't disagree too much. But okay. again, overall, I think I enjoyed this more than you did. Mm-hmm. Like you, I actually appreciate that they've gone for the same story. You know, it's, it's based on an established text. And like you, it's been a year and I still haven't <laughs> read Firestarter. You know, I, I <laughs> yeah. read element parts of it. Okay. Um, but I haven't gone back to, to read more of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of glad because yeah. even though, you know, you you do try to, to review films as standalone pictures, and they should be, Maybe with the exception if they're sequels, because, you know, that they're carrying on 
mm. and continuing a story. But, you know, as a remake, it should stand alone because it's literally starting something fresh, mm. whether it's just its own little thing or whether it wants to start a series of films. But you can't help when you're watching a movie like this to harken back to the original. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely know that when I watched the remake of The Karate Kid, I kept doing it and was just miserable, thinking, why am mm. I just not watching the original film? Yeah. Because <laughs> everything was done better. This film had some elements that were stronger, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall... I do agree that it did not live up to its potential. Just the premise alone, even if you want to take the source material out of the picture, a father with um, telekinetic powers, his daughter who can create fires, control minds, control things, are on the run from a secret government agency because they are after her. Mm. Whether they want to experiment her, whether they want to... Uh, clone her, repeat trials and and experiments that created her or resulted in her powers to begin with, whether they want to catch her, to kill her because she is so potentially dangerous, whatever the reason, almost does not matter. The fact that these two people, who are innocent people, Mm. her especially, because did not have any choice in anything, are being pursued. That premise alone, gosh, you could... Yeah. Literally create a whole franchise on it. You absolutely There is so many things you could do with it. Mm -hmm. So it is, yeah, disappointing that I think more wasn't done with this. But if I'm looking at the overall story, one thing that I did appreciate was the attention to the character development. And, Mm -hmm. like, there was a lot of focus on the McGee family life which I actually quite liked. I liked Mm. how we saw how Andy, Vicky and Charlie all live together, how they're dealing with their powers. I liked that Andy and Vicky had different ideas about whether Charlie should be using her powers Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, she's 11 years old. She's on the verge Mm -hmm. of everything changing (laughs) for her physically, mentally, emotionally, all of these things, that wonderful time (laughs) in everybody's life. Uh She's on the verge of that, but she's got these abilities that just heighten, heighten everything for her. Mm -hmm. I like that we see Charlie in school. I like that Mm -hmm. we see how she interacts with other children, Mm -hmm. how, because she is holding, you know, these powers back because again, her parents can't agree on what she should do with them, Mm -hmm. you know, Harness them, learn how to live with them, learn how to use them, or no, oppress them completely because not having them at all is better for you, whatever it is. That mm. debate goes on for quite a while in the film yes. in different in different forms. But I, I kind of like that Charlie is given more depth here. I feel like she feels it just a bit more fleshed out. She's got additional problems besides being confused why they have to keep running. Mm. And also, I guess the... The guilt of hurting Vicky when she sets her, you know, Vicky's hands yeah. on fire. That scene was done quite well. And there's a, a line that I thought was really, really telling is that she, you know, very quietly tells her dad that she was aiming for him yeah, instead. I did like that. And I love that just little things like that add to the, the dynamics of this family, of these characters, the pressures they're under. Um, and that even though they, they share... Obviously, they're a family. They share a lot. But, you know, they're all being pursued. 
they're all at risk Mm -hmm. of harm or exploitation, Mm. but they're still having these daily family problems of conflicts and things like that to even, you know, using the internet and things like that. She can't understand why that is something that they should be avoiding. But obviously, you know, when you're on the grid, you're traceable. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 I know I like these little elements that they're putting into that. Yeah. But it just makes me wonder though, like, you know, cause we have that scene where Charlie is told why they mm. don't have Wi-Fi, why they don't, it's not a money thing. It's literally to keep yeah. them off the grid, as you said. Yeah. So it makes me wonder why they didn't tell her sooner Yeah. about that. Why weren't they just straight up with her from the get go about the whole thing? Yeah. I true. find that very interesting, but I, I can understand why they didn't because yeah. they're trying to protect Hmm. their child and keep her as innocent as they can for as long as they can. Yeah. But yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of wish they'd gone into a bit more of that, that great, like you're right. They, the character development in, in this film with a lot of these characters is, is really, really good. And they do add more depth, hmm. but I feel like they could have done a little bit more with it. Like, I don't know. I can't even find the right words right now. To, to, to explain what I'm trying yeah. to say, but but like I just it just didn't hit the mark for me in that in that sense. The one the one thing I did really in terms of like a character shift, I liked what they did with Rainbird in this this mm. version. Although again, I do feel like it could have gone better. In yeah. The, in the end, particularly with the way it, we'll talk about the ending later, but in the way his story wrapped up. But yeah. I love the fact that he was definitely coming across as more sympathetic yes and you know one of them exactly he's more than just a killing machine or an assassin yes you know with this this one track agenda yeah there's an actual personal connection between him and the people he's pursuing the only problem with the way it was executed is the fact that they kind of couldn't in terms of the tone of that Mm. the shifting from straight up killer to you know oh i am actually you know i'm kind of like you sort of thing yeah. they didn't it was a bit off yeah a little too bit. sudden too it wasn't yeah it wasn't consistent enough it yeah. didn't flow properly or yeah and sudden is probably a yeah. good way to describe well sort of speaking about that consistency and flow what did you think about the pacing of the film because i know that some uh, critics have commented that it is incredibly talky so to speak there is a lot of dialogue there is um you know for a film called fire starter you're expecting to see a lot of fire mm. there are mm-hmm. fires throughout this yes probably not the level though that we expect there's no. more attention to character not a bad thing no and a lot of discussions being held did that choice by the writer there did that impact the the pacing for you i think it did because it made a 90 minute film feel a lot longer and like like because you know the original film what, it was just over two hours or just on two hours? I think it was just on yeah. maybe a few minutes under. There, thereabouts. Yeah, two hour mark, roughly. Yeah. And that, well, and we talked about the pacing of that one last time, I think. But, you know, because that, that had a lot of longer drawn out scenes and mm. things. And there was a lot of dialogue in it as well. But there was, seemed like the balance between the dialogue and the action scenes, if you will, yeah. was a bit more even. Um, where in this film, yeah, it's a lot there's a lot less of that going going on. So I, I definitely think it did, like for a 90-minute film, they probably could have maybe stretched it out a bit more if they'd wanted to and added some more mm. intense moments with Charlie and, you know, 
because I, f- I do feel like she does kind of get a handle on her powers a bit too quick. I mean, yeah, they give her a montage in the woods yeah, and then she's right. Am I sort of the only know. one in the studio who is surprised that whole forest did not burn down? Yeah, <laughs> she's sort of like out of all the places to practice and to hone in your craft. Yeah, you are surrounded by one of the most flammable environments ever. And there's that moment where she's, you know, looking at the, the sticks for the campfire and a fire elsewhere breaks out. We don't see her put it out, but obviously we know it gets put out. Yeah, but I'm sorry before she even got there. It was of a substantial size. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for this whole forest fire. Yeah. That did not and, happen. And that, you know, and not that I'm for forest fires. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Could I also make it clear? Yes. I am not for forest fires. <laughs> not for forest no, fires. No, God, no. But this is a horror movie. This so is a horror movie. And they could have, they could have leaned into that. And what more epic shot would it have been? If Charlie had emerged from the flames in the yeah. forest, this fire starter who can control herself. And is fireproof. And is fireproof. Yes. Like, that would have been badass, And right? it would have been a great link to that opening shot where we see Charlie as a baby. Yes. Uh, who, you know, sets her nursery on fire. Yeah. Does not flinch, does not cry. No. Nothing, because yeah. she's, yes, created it, but even as a baby, things will shock you. But automatically, we see this baby is in her element mm-hmm. surrounded by flames. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think just a little link like that would have been, would have been interesting. That even would have been she, very cool. Even if she came out a little bit maybe traumatized or, or a little shocked by it, mm. you know, especially if it's building around her, but then, yep, as you say, walk out of these flames as like, yep, I... Yeah, I'm the master. I control this. Yeah. So then when she gets to the shop... Mm we can see where that absolute control has, has come from because yes. she not only uses, you know, fire, but she also just does a standard um, telekinesis mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that Andy's displaying throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's mastered both. Um, you know, there, there's nothing to say that she, you know, even in a forest fire couldn't have uh, lifted up an entire pond and extinguished <laughs> flames. Yeah. But getting a bit silly? Sure, but why not? You know, we we believe she's creating fire through her mind. And we're seeing all of these amazing things happen. If If you're establishing these characters, their world, you know, how they fit into the world with each other, their environment... We believe it. We will buy into that because we will lean into that energy. Exactly. So I do agree with you that they probably could have done more Mm -hmm. definitely with that because when you do have some drawn out bits of dialogue, which look... I don't mind. Oh, yeah, I I don't hate dialogue. No, no. Mm. If it's done well, if you can see the purpose, if it adds to the characters, because, Mm -hmm. again, one thing I like about this movie is I think that when it does have the dialogue moments, especially between Andy and Charlie, I don't feel like any of it is just filler or fluff. I actually feel like it's legitimate, carefully constructed dialogue that adds to their characters. I think their characters are better for it, for those exchanges, personally. But... Something that I wish the film was, and this is very rare for me to say uh, for contemporary films, I wish it was longer. Yeah. Um, I think they did that half of character development and setting up the story well for what they wanted to achieve, but we do need a strong payoff. And and once yes. again, we've got a film called Firestarter. We've got this potential, this, this premise um, of a girl starting fires and getting hold of her powers. And, you know, she's seen her mother die. She's seen her father in trauma. Just even that final act in the shop, that needed to be 
epic. Mm. And for me, that climax felt a little bit short. It did. So what did you think about those moments in the shop when Charlie really displays her power? I, I, I mean, I liked it, but yeah, it should have, it should have been more, I think. Cause yeah, like we just sort of said it, it, to go from that brief montage in the, in the woods to then her coming to the shop and walking in, she seems very sure of herself, mm-hmm. very aware of her surroundings and what she can do and yeah. how to control that. Yeah. And I like that, but I just don't, I think it was too big of a leap to where she was before. I don't think the movie does a well enough job of getting her to that point or showing us, like showing her get to that point. Yeah. The bit that we really do get is when um, she's got those three boys and she, you know, she takes yeah. the bike, the, the lunch and yeah. the hoodie, yes, that's uh, right. you know, f- from them. And it shows, okay, yep, she can control the mind. But again, in that montage, why not show a bit more of moving objects and things like that? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit more, I think. I mean, but yeah, I, I'm glad they added that scene in with, the, the three guys. It needed um, it. Yeah, yeah. The only critique of that, I, just not, just to sidestep for a second. Yeah. The only critique of that scene I, I had, and I know why it couldn't work, because obviously they were nowhere near their home, but if they had had another payoff with that bully from school. Yeah, the, the red-headed boy who yeah. keeps like, taunting her. I yeah. was, when I saw the kids approaching on a bike, I thought he was actually going to be one of them. I Well, I I was like, oh, he won't be. But then I, and then you, you know what's really bad? I judged the movie and I was like, oh, it's going to be. <laughs> Even though it doesn't make sense because they're nowhere near there anymore. Yeah. I knew but, they were nowhere near there, but yeah. I was like, it should, it be. should be. It should right. be, right? It would make much more sense, especially yeah. for someone who's like, in con- now she's she has con- a handle on what she's doing. Like, how cool would it be to have that first outing of her mm. uh, to actually exacting some vengeance upon someone who has wronged her yeah, exactly. in that in that way? Yeah. Uh, I thought that would have been cool. Anyway, so yeah, the shop. Yeah, so I, I do like what they did and they the music really does a great job of setting the tone and the atmosphere as well during that whole sequence. Mm. Are we going into the ending now? Yeah, let's leap into okay, it. Cause... Climax to the ending that uh, had flashes of Frankenstein. With that yeah. ending, what did you think? Very, oh my God, yeah, yeah. Oh. Frankenstein's monster yes. is what I had for that ending. I it's, didn't even, my mind didn't even go there, but you're so right. It's on a beach, this tall yes. figure carrying a little girl That's, who's very limp. That's where they were going with it. Okay, all right, my respect for the movie's gone up. Okay, um. <laughs> but in saying that, Kendall, in saying that, that's a cool homage. It's a cool that nod is, no, that is to very classic cool. cinema, right? Yes, but whilst we know that Rainbirds had this turnaround, Charlie has seen him save her from the shop by killing those guys in the fireproof suits. Yeah. She walks away from him and I thought, okay, she's going to blow up the shop and take Rainbird down in there. That's what I thought too. Yeah, that's what I thought they were going. Mm-hmm. And then on the beach, it's almost like she's forgiven him. It for is. For killing her mother. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You go. I have a problem. And you, go. please go, because I literally hijacked. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Go for it. No, because look, because in the leading up to that, you know, the the final confrontation between Cap, as she would like to be called, <laughs> fuck. Uh, <laughs> I can appreciate a gender swap. But no, honey. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was rude. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, didn't work for me. But 
I the issue with Charlie forgiving Rainbird for me is the fact that we literally just saw her kill her father. Yeah. And I don't think if there's one thing I think the movie kind of falls short on a little bit is what kind of grief these characters are going through. Yeah. Because for starters, <laughs> for starters, I don't, I didn't really quite understand why they, you know, unless I, I may have zoned out temporarily, but uh, Andy and Charlie leave Vicky at home, mm. but they've just kind of gone, oh, we have to go. We have to go. The shop's going to be after us now yeah. because of what happened at school, blah, blah, blah. So why did they not take her? Like, wouldn't you want to stay together? Yeah. Even though like they did say we're going in the morning, yeah. but you would still think we need to stay together. You're yeah. right. You know, yeah. like, yeah, we're going out for ice cream or whatever, wherever they're going, you yeah. know, like, yeah. let's, you know, because obviously Charlie's upset. She doesn't want to move. Yeah. But it's true. Why not go together? Exactly. You know? So that was a, a, a little source of frustration for me. And then the way that they kind of responded to her passing, they didn't really like they did. There were moments like there was, you know, there was a bit of an emotional moment when um, Andy's talking about, you know, uh, Charlie's birth and yeah. the events that transpired there, and and then you know Charlie falls asleep, and we get that shot of Andy clearly emotionally very upset. Yeah, and I I like that they gave him that moment to maybe grieve or reflect, and but I just feel like they should have done more because then. But then I suppose if they were going for this almost griefless film where you have the child kill her father, because, I mean, look, she didn't do it intentionally. Obviously, she did it because he had explained to her, this Mm. is it. I'm not getting out of this. But he also used his powers, though. And he uses, yes. He did use his powers. He used his powers. And I like that they paid that off, though, I will say, just because they had built, like, they had hinted at that, like... I'm not going to use my push on Charlie. I'm not going to... Why would I do that? That's awful. So I kind of like that the movie went, I'm not getting out of this. And if Charlie has is to have any chance, she needs to take out the bad guys and me as well. Mm. And I can appreciate that. I just... Charlie's... I, I would have liked to see more of a, a reaction to her killing her father. Yeah. I, I'm, it's very interesting the way that they didn't really show that. So then when you get the confrontation with Rainbird and, you know, yes, he's come in and he's, yeah, he's saved Charlie. Yeah. I just, I feel like that scene and you see her start to get angry and start to fry him essentially. Yeah. And then she stops, but it's like, you just killed your father. Why would you not then immediately kill the man who killed your mother? That was the thing. I was like... I didn't see, like, even though he saved your life, for me, that wasn't enough to spare his. Not at all. So then when she walks away and the shop goes down, I thought, okay, cool. That's how you want to do it. It's almost like this taunt. Yeah. You know, I walk away and you fall in with the shop. Yeah. You you suffer with it. Yeah. Um, And look. And for, you know, if you want to be cynical, like, oh, they're just making way for a sequel, <laughs> you know, for Rainbow to come back, whatever. <laughs> but the fact that he then come, like for me, what had happened in that brief moment of time did not justify her connecting with him in that way. No. I get his connection. Yeah. As sort of rushed as it was. It was rushed. It's at least explained enough. And because when you're rushing it, you do need to spoon feed your audience, right? Oh. You're not giving them enough clues. Boy, did they spoon feed some things. Yes. <laughs> Um, but, you know, if that's the pacing you want to go with and you want to move on to the next thing, yeah. look, that's the economical way of doing it, sure. right? Because yeah. you're not leaving the crumbs for us to, to pick up. Yes, fair enough. That's fine. Like, mm-hmm. if that's your movie, that's your movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
at least I got his point of view mm. for actually going to her and extending his hand and all of that. Yeah. But her accepting, besides being absolutely exhausted, <laughs> I just, it didn't, I, I don't know why. I, I, I don't no. get it. It didn't make sense. I, no, it, no, because like, is Char- Charlie is aware that he, he has like the same abilities. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I can see to explain it away is the fact that she knows that and she knows she's young. She's probably smart enough to know that she needs to figure out a way in the world and here's someone who could do that and help her in that sense. Possibly. I feel like that's the only way to really kind of explain it because otherwise it doesn't really work. Kendall, I feel like you have to do a lot of work to get to that conclusion. And that's not good, is it? No. I mean, and, and that type of conclusion makes sense. She's yeah. like, yes, we are the same. He's a victim of the shop. Yeah. You know, like I am. And he's really, I guess, a true survivor of it. Definitely. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, again, fine. But you're right. Can Charlie appreciate all of that in the interactions they have had together? Which are very few. Yes. And when they are, it's usually one trying to kill the other. Yeah. You know, or trying to capture the other. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's just that ending was like... I don't know the, the 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 homage I loved. The homage is amazing, and I, I'm so annoyed at myself that I didn't pick up on it. <laughs> Sorry, Kendall, it's why they keep me around. <laughs> um, but it's then also the 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 motivation behind her accepting him. Mm. I just did not buy, no. and that's kind of your final impression. Yeah, it's not. That's a problem. That is a problem. An element of the film that I think is quite strong in most parts, is the performances that we have. Because as you've said, we've got really talented actors here. Mm-hmm. Maybe performed differently under a different director. I think so. But Mr. Zac Efron, mm. um, an incredibly talented actor. So talented. Um, and, you know, we've we've kind of watched Zac Efron grow. Haven't we? Uh, from Disney movies mm. uh, to independently producing, you know, movies himself and mm-hmm. starring in all of these different titles. This is a great role for him. It is, yeah, um, for and, sure. And I think with the material he's been given, yes, it is weird seeing him as a as the father of an eleven year old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he sells it. He sold it to yeah, me. Um, yeah, he does. I can't fault Efron at all in this film. Mm. But uh, yeah, what were your overall thoughts? Because you have to connect with him. And earlier, you did say that the uh, previous portrayal of Andy McGee was one that you warmed more to. It was, yeah. yeah. So, what did you think about Zach? Yeah, no, I liked I liked his performance. He's good. I haven't really s- seen him give a bad performance no. in anything I've seen him in. So he's yeah, he's very naturally gifted as an actor. But it just for me, it just I wasn't certain about this version of Andy McGee that they were trying to do. And I get that they were trying to make him more complex mm. and add depth to him. You know, make him more of a tortured soul. Yeah, and I kind of liked that. Like I, one of the scenes in the movie I really liked was the life coaching scene where he pushes on the woman to get her to quit smoking. Yeah, yeah. I found that really fascinating because it's like, that's really invasive and Mm. maybe morally wrong in a sense to to, to manipulate someone like that, even if you are doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. But I like the fact that he was taking what he'd been burdened with, this power he didn't ask for, from an awful time in his life mm. and using it to do some good in the world. Yeah. So there's a lot of really complex feelings and thoughts that go into that. And I, I really appreciated what they were doing with that. And the way Zach played it yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. I so that, that was a highlight 
for me. What about what about you? Yeah, I love Zac Efron just as a general. I think he's such a talented actor, mm-hmm. and I like that his choices in roles are quite diverse. He's, I, yeah, you know, he's showing a, he's showing a lot of range. Yes, so I, I liked him in this. Again, I think overall I'm going to be more forgiving on this film than you will, uh, Kendall. But in saying that, sometimes even if a movie isn't great, you know, if you're good, you're good. Mm, and, mm-hmm. you know, saying that Zac Efron is a good actor is an understatement. He is yeah. a likable screen presence. He's sure. an engaging screen presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there are moments here where I think it's sometimes hard to connect to Andy. Um, it is. But in saying that, he's under a lot of pressure and mm. it's it's... You know, I liked that you were talking about morals before, about him being a life coach, but I feel like his entire existence from his college days to present time has been one big moral dilemma about participating in those experiments to begin with, bringing a child into the world. Now, how are we raising this child? How am I earning money in a way that has some, you know, I guess moral and ethics to it, but also means that I'm not going to be caught or captured. Um, you know, why he makes a point of cash only. Uh, so he mm. stays off the grid as best he can. Mm. Hard to do when you're running your own little business like that, I Definitely, guess. Yeah. But, you know, he's managed to do it. Yes, he can manipulate people to get his way, but, and, but it's forgiving because you know why he's doing it. But one thing that I really loved about his performance here is that whether you agree with his decisions, with his directions you always understand why he's doing what he's doing. Mm. Um, and I think that Efron portrays that really, really well. Very true. I, I really like that. I think one of the important elements in this film is his rapport with the wonderful young lady who plays his daughter. So what did you think about Ryan's performance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah I touched on it earlier, but yeah, she's a very talented young lady. And I, I liked what she was was doing again similar to Andy in this film mm. this Charlie is quite removed from the Drew Barrymore interpretation I think yeah in a lot of ways yeah this is a darker Charlie she's a lot more like the con- the confliction she feels is a lot more on the outside we see a lot more of that kind of struggle mm. that she goes with trying to control her powers not sure of how to really proceed with what her place in the world is, yeah. what her purpose is, and, 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 you know, how she's just struggling with the idea of being told not to hurt people, but then sometimes she has to. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, as a kid, how do you process that and understand that and come out on the other side of it es- intact? Especially when this thing that you are using is always referred to as a bad, bad thing. thing. Yeah. Because, well, if it's a bad thing and I'm using it, then I... I'm bad. Yeah. You know, so it's... Exactly. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is, again, you mentioned it earlier. Like, I love the 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 fact that they had mother and father with two different ideas of what should mm. be done with her power. Because I feel like if, if Vicky had had her way and, and Charlie had been trained or raised to kind of, you know, A, you know, everything's transparent and she's aware of yeah. what's going on, but then also can understand what her power is and doesn't mean that she's a bad person because of it i you know we would have had a completely different movie yeah but as for ryan's performance the way she does it i think i think she's she's quite good like i again i will say i think she's better in american horror story when i saw her there but i don't think there are many other young actresses that could have handled Mm. 
the darker elements yeah. of, the, of this version of the character. Yeah. And as, like we've mentioned before in other podcasts, and definitely in the 1984 version of Firestarter in that podcast, you know, we do, we do mention that sometimes, uh, you know, child actors can go one way or the other. They can. You know, they're either very endearing or very annoying. <laughs> and uh, look, I, as much as I love Drew Barrymore, it's taken a few rewatches of 1984's Firestarter for me not to find her annoying because yeah. she cries a lot. She cries lot. a lot in that. And yeah. I do get that that's how children how young people react because they can't yeah. articulate no, their right. their you know their thoughts their emotions they you know uh, so i get that mm. but i'm watching a movie folks <laughs> come on now a 2 hour movie come on you know so whereas like with that version of Firestarter, um, I remember saying that i grow to like it more every time i watch it it's one mm. that i actually do enjoy revisiting not very often, but when I do, I, I get something out of it, you sure. know? Yeah. Um, whereas here, with Ryan Kira Armstrong's performance, I bought it straight away. So, yeah, yeah it was it was darker. Yes, she's a few years older here than in, in the other version. Mm. And I guess she's... You sense that there's more of an intensity with her growing up as well. For sure. You know, because here we've got vicky in the picture longer that's right and there's more conflict and mm-hmm. you know so more arguing mm. so you almost feel like here she's had to grow up as much as her uh, innocence and childhood needs to be protected from andy's point of view you feel like well you're kind of deluding yourself here because you are always on the run and these yeah. powers aren't a secret to anybody no. uh, within the family and i think ryan just portrays all of those emotions those circumstances really well yeah i'd not seen her perform in anything else this is my first time watching her act and i think she's such a talented young person mm-hmm. um, and i look forward to seeing what else she's going to do in the future but I, I thought she was fantastic mm. Another character who's probably, you know, who, who's quite complex here um, was John Rainbow. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. so played by Michael Grayites. Mm. What did you think? I loved him. Yeah, I think he was, again, I, I, you know, storytelling-wise, I feel like, yeah, we should have had a bit more because there was a, like, I love the potential of having John Rainbird as this, you know, character who's the same as the people he's chasing i i I can't get over how good that is i keep going on about it no it is good and the way michael performs that is so well done Mm -hmm. like you can see the pain on his face the way he feels about the world Mm -hmm. and what he does yeah i really i really love that he's very sympathetic and yeah and i I just i really enjoyed his performance um he has a very nice presence on screen too yeah and look you know we've been going back and forth you know hinting at our our thoughts and recapping our thoughts about the 1984 adaptation Mm. but i think talking about rainbow in this context in terms of comparisons they are two totally different portrayals oh uh, night and day one is this just psychotic (laughs) person who just gets this very uncomfortable pleasure from killing people whereas here we've got somebody who does what he does but there's this underlying conflict and it slowly rises to the surface at first he's just this two-dimensional killer but there is those growing layers of complexities mm-hmm. and which I think like, you know, we've been saying just that little bit more time seeing him get from point A to point B yeah. would have been great mm. because then I think when we got to that ending, which you and I both have a problem with, <laughs> it would have been more forgiving mm. because we would have understood him better as well, I think, mm. or at least his psychology and his thought process and what he's feeling and how he could have 
discussed that or shown that to Charlie as well. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But Michael Graves, what a fantastic, yeah, fantastic performance here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just beautiful. And there was something very subtle about it too. Very much. Very subdued. Mm. Okay, so now look, you talked about Cap before. <laughs> And look, yeah, you want to talk night and day in terms of performances. Wow. One thing I do want to say, and this sort of came to me as, as towards the end, especially when, <laughs> you know, Captain Jane Hollister is there with Andy and he's all tied up and stuff. Just how everything is very calm, very subdued. And, you know, you talked about, is this director an actor's director? Now I've seen Gloria Rubin in other I was going to say, she looks familiar. She is a wonderful actor. Okay. Um, and I first saw her in ER when that was on TV. So oh, an old TV show from I love like ER. the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's when I first saw her. Yeah. And she is a wonderful actor. Okay. And I don't think she delivers a bad performance here. No. I think for what the role is, she does what she was directed to do. That's And exactly it's a right. very subdued performance, a very controlled performance. Again, let's go comparisons because we've been hinting at them the whole way through. Yes. One of the highlights for both of us in 1984 (laughs) was Martin Martin Sheen Sheen. not chewing the scenery. No. Devouring it. (laughs) Yes, one moment, but that one moment made up for the whole two hours. (laughs) Made it worth it, baby. Made it worth it. So, uh, yin and yang here, right? You've got two different... Very much. Things and one of you know what, and I was actually funneling sort of my my thoughts about this film. And again, yes, you try to review it in a vacuum, but you can't help comparing it. Yeah, you just can't. No. One of the things that I remember talking a lot about that I've just gone oh, where the nineteen eighty four film version suffered a bit for me was how it did tend to go into melodrama a little bit. Yes, I remember agreeing with that. Mm. Do you know what? I think I kind of missed it in this film. Oh, and the reason why I say that is because at least when you get into some moments of melodrama, you can have fun with the movie. True. Because yes, they have gone for a darker edge here, and the tone of this movie is a lot more consistent than '84. It is a lot more consistent. I'll give it that, and it, that, yeah. give it credit to that. Yeah. But there's probably one or two moments where someone has a gag that maybe gives you a slight smile, but it's pretty bleak and devoid of. Sort of lightness, even yeah. in just the McGee family household doing their thing. Yeah, I like know. there's the only moment of levity I think in the entire film is that scene where Bad Dreams, they're sitting at the table, but then, you know, mum comes out and then it's like, let's have blueberry pancakes. Yeah. Like that was lovely. Yeah, very sweet. I would have loved more than that. You, But you are totally right. The movie does kind of take itself a bit too seriously. Yeah, I think yeah. especially for like the world we're in. But yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I kind of noticed that. I was like... When you lose elements of humor, whether intentional or not, I found that that's where the film suffered for me. Yeah. There was, wasn't much light no. in it. No, for all. a film called Firestarter. Yeah. <laughs> because like, for example, even like at the beginning of 84, and let's go into full, full on um, comparisons now. Yeah. Even when we go into like the 84 film, one of the early moments that we have in the film is the first time that we see Charlie use her skills. And we see this man who's like, you know, soldier or, or part of the military. And he's just trying to distance himself from his pregnant girlfriend because mm. he wants nothing to do with her. Yeah. He wants absolutely nothing to do with the baby. Like he's an absolute jerk. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And seeing this interaction, seeing this girl, very young, pretty blonde, just like Charlie's mother, mind you. 
affects Charlie. And she <laughs> sets the guy's feet on fire. And that's a wonderful gag because he's a joke. He cops it. We want him to. Mm. And it has that wonderful punchline of him extinguishing his feet in a toilet. Yeah. He's confronted and he just turns around with this look on his face like, do you mind if I put out my feet? <laughs> or something like that. Like, yeah. that's such a great gag. It is. You know, it is, like, yeah. it hits all the right notes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so that's an intentional element of humour that pays off really well. It does, yeah. This didn't have any. No. So I think, like, even if you're going to, you know, and play it straight, like, absolutely, because you want it to be suspenseful and scary, and mm. I think this movie is really good with its suspense, actually. Like, just some touches of humour. Let's It lets the audience breathe. Yeah, and, like, they even, they even made Irv and his wife... Much more bleak, didn't they? Like, for example, you're looking at points that you do recognize, and one is when they do go, you know, to that farmhouse and there's chickens there. We remember that moment. Charlie's playing with the chickens. She doesn't play with the chickens. She goes and spots and, you know, and goes in and sees. Also, though, like, I can't believe, (laughs) I can't believe Andy's like, yeah, Charlie, go play with the chickens after you murdered that cat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to sidetrack now and we need to talk about that cat. Oh, God. My mouth dropped and stayed there for about three minutes before I could close my mouth again. So now, Kendall, you are just so knowledgeable about films. Now, I have this theory. Yes. And I'm springing this on you, so feel free to even pass on this question and say, Wayne, I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. However, as with you, I've seen a lot of movies in my time. Yeah. Is there a movie within the horror... Or prison genre where a cat survives. (laughs) Besides Friday the 13th part two. (laughs) Alien. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Alien. Mixing the sci-fi and horror there. Okay. There there are exceptions to the rule, right? There are. Why? (laughs) Why do we torture? Like, can we stop Um. it with the... I, could it not be a rat? Like, yeah. Could it not, like, like, could it why, not be? Why did the scene even have to happen? Vicky had just died. Mm. Charlie's lost her mum. Andy's lost pretty much the love of his life. Mm. And we've driven out away to a certain point where we're like, okay, we have to abandon the car. And then, you know, Charlie's trying to figure out her powers. And mm. then she stumbles upon this stray cat. The only thing that came from that scene for me was really just kind of the fact that we got one moment of now let's 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 be sad for for Vicky's death yeah briefly brief briefly we had to sacrifice a cat for that yeah and it wasn't worth it and it was so cruel yeah it was I it was the one moment of the movie I was like nah and then you heard me I literally said fuck this movie yeah yeah when it happened because I like there is there are a few things well I I I watch almost anything right Mm -hmm. but there are like a couple of things I cannot do and one of them is animal cruelty in a film, especially if it's cats, because I love cats so same, much. Same, same. Oh, we mm-hmm. both, we both, yes. Yep. But, so it's just, it it didn't need to happen. And the way it was done to then not only injure the cat to the point where Andy's like, you have to put it out of its misery. Yeah. And then that, I looked away. Right, yeah. I didn't look at it. Right, when yeah. when 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 Charlie finishes, I don't want to say finishes off the thing. Yeah, but you know what I mean. When Char- Charlie, you know, puts it out of its misery, I looked away from yeah. the screen. Well, the thing that got me more than anything was 
Look, and our imagination is more powerful than what you can see. It's more affecting. Yes. Okay, this was the rule of Hitchcock. Yes, that's right. Enough said. Mm-hmm. The element that got me, like the fact that it got burnt, shocked me. Yeah, it was. The fact that it cut to it singed, still breathing, actually disgusted me. Yeah, yeah. I was like... Too much. That's, that's really... It feels very exploitative. Mm. And it didn't need to go there. No, it didn't. It didn't. What? Especially because I thought it was dead. Well, yeah. On that first shot. And I didn't realise it was still alive. And the thing is, you could even still have had the discussion... You know, of not having him suffer or anything like that Mm. and not cut back to it. The only reason they have that is because they have that moment when Charlie first enters the shop Mm. and burns the guy twice in the car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In saying that, that again is just trying to use a gross out, you know, let's push the envelope factor. Because if you needed to kill the cat for whatever reason, you did that. But it's kind of like, if you didn't have that scene at all, or you just, you know, oh, scratch me, kill him, done. Okay, we move on. Yeah. And then the guy in the shop, you just kill him in the first instance. You don't need to go, oh, okay, let's put him out of his misery to show that sort of moral yeah. complexity. I feel like I didn't need to endure animal cruelty on screen. No. Because the effects are amazing. It looked so realistic. Like, I have to give it credit yeah. for lack of a better word. Yeah. It looked good. It did. The, pra- the practical effects in the movie were good. Yeah. But I just felt like just if you needed, if you wanted to do that scene and you needed to justify it by having her burn the guy in the car twice, which was a great effect. It was. Gross. Yeah. But again, credit where it's due. Mm -hmm. Excellent attention to detail. Mm. That circular singe marks on the two seats in the front. Yeah. Like it's done so well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know what I like, what I sort of preferred 84 version when she singed him, she singed him to the bone. And does that True. not show, and you could argue that's comical, but that's okay. If you find that a bit funny, you know, and some dark humor there, have a chuckle. Light and dark. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. But does it not show more power that you've literally burnt someone to the bone? Uh-oh. Yeah, 100%. Like, a lot more 100%. powerful yeah. than, you know, this sort of singed flesh and yeah, things like, like that. Yeah, like this double tap thing. Yeah, <laughs> You know, no. you have to do it twice. Like, yeah, I, yeah this, you're right. If, if they are taken out... Those two scenes from the movie, nothing would be different. No, um, it doesn't add anything. It doesn't add anything. Did nothing. And then I even thought to myself, because you know how they, we have the scene where, where the cat is killed and it's very sad and very upsetting. And then we cut away to mm-hmm. uh, the shy of the shop or Rainbird or, or mm. something. And then we cut back and they buried the cat. And I'm like, oh my God, are we still going on about the dead cat you just killed? Like, I don't want it. I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I do have to say though, Andy's very awkward prayer was a sense of humor. Well, it was, it a, was a moment of humor. It and he's was. like, you know, he, she, they. they. <laughs> Andy's never prayed before in his life. You can tell. You can tell. <laughs> And I, I, yeah, so that, that's probably the only... But Zach sells that. He did You know what I mean? That's a reflection on Zach. It is, because yeah, he's charming how, as hell. And how good, how good he is, yeah. right? But, you know, overall, we've agreed that, for better or worse, the effects are good in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Kendall, you and I have agreed, without acknowledging it, what our least favourite kill is in this oh, movie. Oh, 100%. Right? Without uh-huh. articulating it. Yep. Did you have a favourite kill or special effect or pyro moment? Oh, goodness. I mean, 
I don't think I have a favorite kill, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The, that weren't any moments really that made me go, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that in yeah. terms of like in a kind of a awe striking moment. Mm. I really love the use of practical effects, especially for a horror film made in 2022 or that's been released in 2022 yeah for it to have such good practical effects i was very pleased by that yeah because the way vicky's arms looked oh my goodness when when andy is tending to them yes wow yeah i was that was i was like that's well done yeah that was that that moment and then i really liked the touch of how andy's you know losing I don't know if he's losing his power or losing the ability to kind of handle it really. Mm. And he starts bleeding from his eyes. Yeah. I, that kind of got progressively more as the film went on. Yeah. And I really, I really appreciated that because not only did it add to the seriousness of the situation, but it also, it did. I liked the kind of, I don't know, not malevolence. I don't know if that's the right word, but it just, it just added this kind of mood, extra mm. mood to it. This extra tinge of, there's a darkness within Andy. Absolutely. That's coming out right yes. now because he's using his push to affect people negatively. Absolutely. And it's something that he struggles with. Yeah. So I love how that kind of is visually represented with this, these red eyes that then bleed down his face. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I like that they did go for the bleeding eyes instead of the nosebleed. Yes. Because the nosebleed has become quite common, it, hasn't it now? It's iconic. It is. <laughs> it is iconic. It is true. Yeah. Overall though, you're right. The, the effects are really good and I like how... Yeah, we do see Andy bleeding and that final time when he's manipulating Charlie Mm. to to burn the shop down. We can see how red those eyes are and we've been told by Cap that it's probably going to kill him. If he pushes, it'll kill him. So he knows he's sacrificing himself as well. Mm -hmm. So I do agree. I think that they, they look really good. In terms of when fire is used, I actually like... The first time we've got Charlie and Rainbow interacting in the home Mm. and Charlie just has this fireball thrown at him for the first time. Yeah. Uh, I think as the first time we see the full extent Mm. of her power, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was done quite well. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, the living room starts to to go in flames Mm. and things. I thought it was just a really good way to say, oh, okay, we've arrived. We have fire starter right here in front of us yes Um, so yeah i tended tended to like that i do agree with you i didn't really have any favorite kills some of the kills in the 84 version did use some wonderful humor because that climax was so much stronger it was we had fireballs we had bullets exploding it was just that was epic it was epic you know and Uh how long ago was it like 40 years nearly 40 years ago yeah and they did a better job they did they yeah absolutely did Mm -hmm. look Lots of opinions about this one, <laughs> as always. Yes. I like Rotten Tomatoes' consensus about this film. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so they had said there was plenty of room to improve on the original, but Firestarter trips over that low bar and tumbles towards the bottom of the long list of Stephen King adaptations. Oh. Uh, I don't know. We're, in terms of Stephen King adaptations... High, medium, low ranking. There's too many oh. to start ranking them all. But oh, we'd be here for years. Yeah, um, um, look, mid to low for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. For sure. As we've said before, not all of Stephen King's works translate well, but you've got no. such a wonderful premise here. You do. Um, there, mm-hmm. you know, there's some things that, that, that survive. Yes. But sticking with the 
critics' consensus. Mm. <laughs> of the critics that we looked at last time when we reviewed Firestarter in 1984, yep. the same web pages and, and opinions have all rated this one lower. Okay. So, RogerEbert.com, reviewer Brian Tellerico, mm-hmm. gave this film one out of four. Wow. On IMDb, it rates 4.6 out of 10. Yep. Rotten Tomatoes, 10%. Woof. And 49% of Google users okay. gave it the thumbs up. Interesting. And Google users are pretty forgiving. They are. Not so much with Firestarter. But Kendall, mm. our original scores, the 1984 film version of Firestarter, you gave three out of five. Mm-hmm. I gave three and a half out of five. Yeah. But let's push that one aside because we're talking 2022. We are. Your thoughts and a score out of five. Okay. Yes. So I think it is clear that I, as much as I didn't fully love the 1984 film, I definitely enjoyed it more than I did this one. However, I love when this happens and I sit here and I'm at the start of the podcast and I'm like, oh yeah, I think we're going to give it this score. And then I listen, and then I listen to you talk about <laughs> it and then we discuss and then I'm like, there's more here. <laughs> I've been too harsh, but no, I, yeah, I, again, I will stick to my opinion of this movie being that there was so much more potential for it to be a really well-crafted film from top to tail, mm-hmm. especially in terms of the story, because I, you know, again, have to give it props for doing something different, mm. for not being a straight up remake. Like that's, that's awesome in this landscape of, you know, where Disney is literally making shot for shot, quote unquote, live action remakes of mm. their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oof. I, you know, I, you know, hands off to, to the team on this film and Blumhouse for actually giving us a, a different take on the source material and the, the original film. But it just didn't hit the mark for me. We can't fault the performances, really. Mm. Again, I just don't think the director was the right choice for these actors. I think he directs visually quite well because mm. there's a lot of really nice shots in this movie. Yeah. And the, the color palette is really nice. In, in a lot of scenes. But yeah, I just, I don't know, as complex as some of these characters are made out to be in this one, they just, the movie is too short to give them their credit where it's due. And the payoff, as we've said, was maybe not worth the journey, I guess. Like it's not, the climax is slightly underwhelming. And there are parts of this movie that are definitely rushed. I don't know why they felt it had to be 94 minutes. It definitely could have been a little longer, could have had that extra bombast Mm. that we wanted. Yeah. Could have gone into a little bit more detail on things. Hell, I was even thinking when we were watching the opening credits and seeing the fact that they've put the the backstory of the parents in the opening credits. And Putting backstory in opening credits, doing exposition in opening credits is definitely a hit or miss thing. Mm. Sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. In this movie, it was okay for I me. I liked it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen that executed worse. But I was even thinking after watching that moment, like, wouldn't a prequel of Firestarter actually be something worth exploring? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, let's see exactly what happened to Vicky and to Andy and what they went through. Right. And have that struggle of, you know, the aftermath and then dealing with, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. What's that going to be? I feel like there's an opportunity there to maybe go into some extra stuff. Like in terms of doing a remake, you know, doing, telling a before or after 
is sometimes even more appealing, I yeah. think. So I don't know. I I don't know if anyone's listening to this, but <laughs> but, but please try that. Um, take my idea and I don't care if you pay me. Um, <laughs> I just want to watch good movies. But, but yeah, all of that aside, I didn't hate it. Mm. I've definitely seen worse films, but unfortunately I have seen better films. So I'm going to give... Firestarter 2022, a two and a half out of five. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Wayne, I would love to hear your final thoughts. Yeah. Score out of five. So Firestarter lacked the sheen factor for you. It hey? did. It was yeah. missing the sheen. It was man. missing the sheen. That's the, that's the, the 0.5 difference. <laughs> the sheen. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, as sort of predicted, I yeah, enjoyed this movie more than you did. <laughs> despite my, you know, my major problem with the cat singeing scene. Didn't need to be in there. No, not at all. Just exploitative. Yep. But... It happened. Mm-hmm. We've moved on. Overall, I appreciate that Scott Teams has written a screenplay mm. that is not a direct remake of the 1984 film, as you've said. It's yeah. not scene for scene. It's not shot for shot. I respect that. Yeah. There are signposts of things that we've seen before, but even then, they're handled differently. And again, I appreciate that. Mm. I really enjoyed the attention to detail on the characters. And whilst there was room for further insights and developments and room for improvement, I feel like that most of the characters here are fleshed out more than the previous adaptation. So even though this is a story we're familiar with and people who've read the book will be familiar with, watching this, I actually didn't really know where it was going. I was, I was surprised. Like, okay, you know, because I was like, I don't know. It's like, okay, where are you taking me now? What's going to happen next? I was intrigued the whole way through. Yeah, right. Where the film falls short is the climax and the resolution. Yes. That's where it falls short. Because, like we've said before, not only for this film, but many others, I am patient. Yeah. Especially if your characters are good, mm-hmm. if the story is moving along at an acceptable pace, the dialogue is interesting, you're telling me stuff or you're showing me stuff that gets me involved and I believe this world. Fine. But the payoff has to be worth it. That climax is too subtle. When we think about everything the shop represents, Charlie being on the run her whole life, Charlie not being able to be steady and stable and make friends and make connections. Charlie not being able to be her genuine self. Charlie having these powers that she did not want, did not ask for, and doesn't even know how to use. Charlie losing both her parents and witnessing both of them die. And one of them at her direct hand, whether voluntarily or not, irrelevant. She had an involvement there. There is a lot of trauma there. Mm. And we see elements of Charlie's frustration throughout. One of the moments that I really did like, and I should have actually mentioned it in Favourite Kills, was when she's with that person who works at the shop called Gail, who is begging. And is like, I'll show you the way out and all of this and rah, rah. Mm -hmm. And Charlie delivers the gag. Liar, liar, pants on fire, mm. and singes her to just a puddle. Yeah, <laughs> of, you Come know, on. yeah, nothing left almost. That's an effective aftermath, not this singeing bullshit, <laughs> right? <laughs> that yeah. shows power. That shows anger. That True. shows frustration. Yes. So she's got all of this rage. 
we do not see it in the no. demise of the shop. We see some really good confrontations and moments, and I like how it's mixed with fire, mind control. Like, it's... Yeah. There are so many good elements to it. Yeah. But I wanted more. It sure. needed more. Yes. And it just needed, like, five more minutes of intensity. She walks away out of the shop, and we see some explosions. Hold your camera there. Let's watch that thing burn to the ground. Let's watch more explosions. Let's watch people running out because they're fearing for their lives. Let's see their karma like we saw in a previous adaptation that did it so much better. Yeah. Incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So regardless of how people feel about the 84 film, that climax is an amazing climax. And you need to beat that. It did not in this case. So that's where it falls short for me. And as we've said, that ending did not buy it. No. It looks beautiful. Mm. I like the cinematography. Um, Karim Hussain is the cinematographer and he did such a great job job here. Mm -hmm. Framed beautifully. As we've said, the score, excellent. Yes. Chef's kiss. But it just together as a payoff fell short. Yeah. So... Whilst I did enjoy Firestarter 2022 more than you, Kendall. (laughs) And I can't... I'm actually stuck between saying whether it's better or not than the original. I don't think it's better than the original. Okay. But it did some things better. Okay. Yes. Um, In saying that, I did have more fun with the original. Yeah, true. Yeah. So to just frustrate everyone, I'm going to give this film three and a half out of five (laughs) as well. (laughs) Wow, I was not expecting that. Look, this is a movie I will actually revisit. Okay. I, I will actually right. revisit. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts upon said revisit. Yeah, I wonder if it will, you know, I'll get more out of it with every visit or if I'll get bored of it. Mm. Um, you know, so that, 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 that'll be interesting. That, yeah. Um, I do like how you've automatically um, told me, though, that you will not be revisiting it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Without saying it. Yeah, no, I don't think I need to. No, no, it's done. Once is enough? Once is enough, unfortunately. (laughs) Sorry. No problem at all. Well, something (laughs) that is never enough is our Halloween specials, Kendall. Mm, Yes. I can't wait for us to review another movie. Yes. Next Halloween. Uh Uh-huh. Hopefully, we we might have more uh, enjoyment out of the next one. I hope so. Yeah, not so sure what it'll be yet, but I'm excited to find out what will come our way. Yes, same. Uh, But until then, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. I've been a Wayne Stellini. And I've been a Kendall Richardson. And you've just experienced Fred Watch. Cue music! And scene. Blooper reel. Hello. Hello. Hey there. Hey. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> don't know why I started to go in there. That was so bad. Blooper reel. <laughs> okay. We're off to a good start. Yes, we are. <clears throat> Hello there. Hello. Hey. Hey. Whoa. Whoa. Kendall, it's you. No, is it? That's why I stuffed up because I started and I'm I like. I do this every time. <laughs> I do this every time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's why I stopped to begin oh, with, because I'm like, sorry. no, Wayne, it's not you. You're no, not highlighted. I'm, yeah. <laughs> You're not the one with the cue staring you in the face. I do this every time. Okay. okay. But okay. The, the, truth be told, 
I change it around every time just to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Keep, no, I'd never be that mean. Keep the, <laughs> keep the guest on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Third time we go. Okay. Absolutely. So much to watch and so much to love about the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Having participated in secret medical experiments while they were still in college. As a result, their 11-year-old daughter... As a result, their 11-year-old daughter, Charlie, Ryan Kiara Armstrong, has pyrokinetic... Did I say that right? Pyrokinetic. Yep. And am I saying that right? Ryan... I'd say Kiara. Kiara. I think it would be pronounced Kiara, but yeah, I, I added be wrong. An, no, no, I added an A. <laughs> an I in there, in my head. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. I said, no, because yes. I said Kiara. You did. Yeah, so yes. you're, you're right. Kira. You're yeah. usually right about these things. No, stop it. <laughs> Ryan... Kira. Kira Armstrong. Ryan Kira Armstrong. Yep. <clears throat> Thank you. As a result, their 11-year-old daughter, Charlie, Ryan Kira Armstrong, has pyrokinetic... I'm say pyrotechnic. I know. <laughs> did, um, did I say her middle name right? Kira. Kira. Kira, did, beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. 2022's Firestarter failed to ignite the box office with 15 million... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. <clears throat> I like that they paid that off, though, I will yes. say, just because they had built, like, they had hinted at that, like, I'm not going to use my push on in, oh, yeah. like, Charlie, sorry, I'm not going to use my push on Charlie. It's very interesting the way that they didn't really show that. So then when you get the confrontation with Rainbeard, um, after uh, he's come... Rainbird. Rainbird. Yep. Sorry, thank That's you. Okay. Thank you. Whereas here, uh, with Ryan... Kira. <laughs> We see like this soldier in an airport on the phone, um, you know, not on the phone. He's sorry, I'll stop it again. Like their mother had just died. Yeah. Sorry, their mother. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. starting it. Like the only thing that came from that movie. Oh, sorry. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to give Firestarter 2022. Shit. <laughs> a two and a half, I think. Maybe a two. A 2.25. <laughs> oh, Kendall, would you commit? <laughs> Start that again. I'm awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta make a decision. Commit. <laughs> After the show. And you've just experienced Fred Watch. Cue music! <laughs> Yay. Yay! Watching it, I was like, I want them to remake Cujo. If you're doing it, do it. Oh, shit. Could you imagine Cujo now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be gory and gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, there's... Yeah, I don't... I don't know if I want to remake a Cujo. Okay, let's Cujo leave, was so good. Let's leave Cujo out alone then. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If they make it, if they make it good, then yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, how do you find someone who's going to be as good as D. Wallace was? In yeah. That true. Like, fuck. Yeah. And um, with this one, they were so setting up for a sequel. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's a sort of movie that might get some sort of cult following, and then they might make one like direct to streaming or something. 
but it, yeah, you it don't just know. seemed to it got shut on across the board. It did, like it literally did. It did. Yeah. Very disappointing because there seemed to be a lot of hype around it before it came out, yeah. and the trailers for it were quite good. Yeah, but you know they just had a good editor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I still want to see, and I can't find it anywhere though. Is the um, miniseries that's a sequel to the eighty four? Yeah, movie. I was looking on IMDb, and yeah, I saw that pop up, and it had Marguerite Moreau in it. Oh, okay. yeah, from Bloody Mighty Ducks and Queen of the Dead. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'd like, no, I want. I'm actually curious. Not yeah. In the world's biggest rush. No. But if I came across it, I'd definitely sit down and watch it. Yeah, I'd be curious yeah. as well, I reckon. Yeah, because yeah. I don't really even know what sort of reputation that movie has. I didn't even know it existed is. until today. So yeah. There you go. 